On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we give you our trade targets to help you for the rest of the season, including, no, I'm just kidding. You have to listen to the episode. Also, we run through the players who are better in real life than in fantasy, plus the players who are better in fantasy than real life, and we judge Craig for being left-handed. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Yes. Okay. So, obviously, we know. Well, this one... (laughs) Wait, did you say no to the fun fact? (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. How dare you? Too late. He already started. Yes, too late. It's like the... Oh, no. I forgot the name of the movie. Oh, my God. This is a disaster. You haven't seen any When he goes back for his cell phone. Harold and Kumar. And he's like, it's too mm. far. We've come too far. <laughs> anyway, ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Email us. So, obviously, we know Tom Brady took Drew, Bre- Drew Bledsoe's starting quarterback job like 20 years ago. We also know that Tom Brady's had great success with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator in New England for like 10 years, 15, depending on your count. The funny part is Drew Bledsoe's post-NFL career is all about winemaking. Mm. He owns vineyards and stuff. His business partner is named Josh McDaniels. <laughs> that is That's funny. That's weird. I think it's ridiculous. Does he have his own does he make his own wine? Does he bottle yes, his own wine? Yes, they do their own wine. It's called uh, du- uh double back. It's actually nice. Go, the bottles go for like $100 a pop. Is and this Bon Cabernet Sauvignons? I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> I'm not fancy. But yeah, I thought that was unbelievable. Thank you to Ben for that fun fact. I Drew, it sent us a couple bottles, man. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We're just shouting you out. Like, come on. I mean, I think, yeah. We thought you were better than Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I like your Josh McDaniels way better. Okay. But enough about vineyards, please. Let's help you win your leagues. Let's go to trade targets. Wait, was that supposed to rhyme? I tried, yeah. <laughs> you you said it smoothly, but I I thought the actual verbiage was, it was like the cadence of the verbiage. Oh, it's all right. I'm not gonna lie. I actually practiced that one before because I was hoping to get the cadence right. But <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, I feel bad now. I, I usually just try to do it on the fly. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So we're looking at trade targets today. ESPN's trade deadline is coming up. It's November 21st. The Yahoo deadline, the default deadline is already passed, but I think a lot of people push it later, right? Because I think people generally want it like later yeah. in the season, closer to like Thanksgiving and stuff. A lot of dynasty leagues still have trade deadlines coming up too. So hopefully this will help it a little bit in that in that world too. Okay. This is going to be a trade deadline talk, but it's also just 
a rubric for us to talk about some players that we think are going to have good finishes. If your trade deadline is passed, it's not like this is useless information. I'll put it that way. So yeah, let's go position by position. Cause I think that's generally how people think about this, right? Like I need a running back. I need a receiver. So DK or Craig, I don't know who wants to go first running back. Craig, You go first. Cause I like yours a lot. Okay. The first guy I think you should try and, and trade for before the deadline is up is Raheem Mostert on the Niners. Mm-hmm. So the Niners have a buy this week. So, but I think that's exactly why you should do it. And you may be able to get them at a cheaper price. If you can afford this, like if your team is doing all right enough to where you can trade somebody away and then sit Mostert for a week, I think he's worth it. He's been on IR for a while, but he's expected to be ready to go by week 12. Mostert's been the RB9 this year when he's been on the field. And the Niners' backfield is just absolutely devastated. Yeah. It's, Hasty just broke his collarbone. Jeff Wilson's on IR. McKinnon, it seems like they don't want to give him more than eight touches a game. The Niners, they're not looking like a team that's tanking. Like they're still very much in a lot of these games. And uh, they have the ninth easiest strength of schedule for running backs going forward. And most are just really good. Like every time he plays, he clearly looks like one of the top 10 backs in the league. Yeah, he's he's so much he's so much better than any other back on that team. It's like very, very clear. As soon as he get, hits the field, he just like lightning, man. He just goes downhill so fast. I think he's one of the fastest players in the NFL. Like he's been clocked with some of the fastest times in the NFL. Yeah, so. I don't love that stat because it's like one of those where the it, it, to me it doesn't mean he's the fast. I mean he's really fast, but it really the just means the Niners have carrier. huge holes, right? Because it means he's yeah, getting it means to, he got the best opportunity. Yeah, he's the one getting to full speed because and that's really the 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 thing is that the Niners consistently get these guys yards before contact. And to your point, Craig. McKinnon, they don't want to give a ton of touches. He had a lot last week. He had like 18 carries last week. But I think part of that was because Hasty went down. Like I think it was kind of early in the game. I don't think that's their desired game plan to be giving McKinnon all those touches. And also just most has been amazing when he's played. So I like that a lot, especially with it's probably a little easier to trade for people on their bye week. So I like that. I honestly really do think it's that the bye week thing helps you a lot if you can if you can withstand it. Anyone else? Yeah, my other one is. Miles Sanders, uh, running back on the Eagles. I think, you know, he had a decent game last week. He had like 85 yards and a fumble. He had like 12 points. But I I think that's kind of muted enough to where you could make a relatively decent trade and get him back. You know, he's not like Dalvin Cook or anything like that. But he's been pretty damn good every time he plays. He pretty much, he hasn't exploded because the touchdowns kind of haven't been there. But like, he hasn't had less than 75 yards in any game this season which is pretty impressive playing for the Eagles. His week 15 and 16 matchups are nice, Arizona and Dallas. And in general, Mm. if I had to expand this to like other positions, if you want to pick a buy low team, people have been saying this for a few weeks now, but it it does look like it should be the Eagles. I don't know if it will be the Eagles, but it should (laughs) be the Eagles. Like Why? Because everyone thinks they suck? Yeah. (laughs) That is the the definition of a buy low. Well, and like, you know, they've been playing terribly. They just lost to the Giants. But like I know. everybody on their team is so talented and they're finally getting healthy offensively. Like Goddard is like very talented, but he's still getting ranked. Like if you look at all the expert consensus rankings for the rest of the season and for last week, Goddard's like a top five, top seven guy. It didn't happen last week. I think you still got to hope. Fulgham is a good buy low. Jalen Rager could be a good buy low. Ertz is going to come um, off IR at some point in the next few weeks, possibly. The Eagles have the number one easiest strength of schedule for receivers for the rest of the season. I think it's it would be worth trading for some Eagles. So I like this because last week in that Giants game, you had Corey Clement came in, got a touchdown in his only carry. Boston Scott <laughs> yes. got a touchdown like early on one <laughs> he of his had few three carries. carries. Yeah. And that's 
so on one hand, you're like, well, why would I want Miles Sanders? The reality is touchdowns are freaking random. And if you're looking yeah. at the thing, it, it's very easy to envision Miles Sanders getting the two touchdowns next time and that you're swooping in right before that happens. So how would you value him? Like if the person's like, I don't really want to give up Miles Sanders. Are you valuing him as like top 10 running back, top 20? Like what are you envisioning here for? And also, who do you like more, Sanders or Mostert? Sanders, I think. Because he's more involved in the receiving game. Uh, I think he maybe has a little bit of a higher mm -hmm. floor. Yeah. But the only tough thing about trading for a guy who just got off the injury list is like, you know how if you're just like a fantasy manager, you never, you've been waiting all this time for your player to come back and then he finally comes back and then someone's like, can I have him? Yeah. I feel like it's harder. <laughs> so That's true. true. <laughs> like, no one ever comes I'm the to one trade who <laughs> the, the endorphins from watching him play have worn off though perhaps and also the Craig, no, the, the bye week right. the bye week thing is interesting because some some players some teams might need a guy this week no you know i I think Craig's right, though. When I have a guy that I've been on IR, it's not just it, there's the emotional element of like, I've been envisioning how my lineup will be better when he comes well, back. You put for in like the hard month. work. You waited. Yeah. And then it's like, I just waited. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let me good on your team. Like, go to hell. And no you're going to drop off some person on my doorstep. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if they're good. Yeah. I haven't been paying attention to them. <laughs> That's true, actually. Okay. So if you can snipe most of it, but the person who has them is probably mostly attached. I like those too. DK, do you have any other running back thoughts? I think the in terms of the rookie running back group, DeAndre Swift to me looks like he's he's gonna have a big like stretch run for this schedule. Um, there was reports before the Lions game this last week that he was gonna be the starter. He came out, got his first start in the NFL. Obviously, they've been the Lions have been using a rotation with Adrian Peterson, carry on Johnson, but he got the vast vast majority of the touches in this game and absolutely went off. Like he looked legitimately he looked really so good. good, very quick explosive physical there was one where he kind of like knifed through the line and then leapt over a defender dude yeah the was that the where he ran the route and like didn't break the guy's ankles but like completely separated him on the route caught the that pass was a different and then trucked a guy into the end zone and i was like we need a name for that when you break when you like can separate and break a guy's ankles and then truck someone on the same play like shake and bake i don't know what we call that but that's, <laughs> a, that's like a combo it's like when you get a home run and a steal in a baseball game yeah like, there needs to be a name for that <laughs> but yeah he looked really impressive and my thing with yeah. swift the whole time was is he going to get the touches because he didn't really ever have average more than like 15 touches a game in college and i was like there's no question about his talent maybe the key here is that guys who don't get touches in college are good tread on the tires dk i want to ask you about swift because he's obviously been he's he's going up, right? He's he, he's at the highest point. His stock right now is at the highest point, right? right. Bye, right. Hi. So if you were going to trade for him, or more importantly, if somebody was going to trade him away, you'd have to offer them a handsome sum. Where would you rank DeAndre Swift right now in the group of running backs for the remainder of the season? Is he top 10, 12, 15? I would say probably right in the range of like that 12 to 14. If you can get him for like Todd Gurley, I, I know that that's like a different like world because yeah. Gurley is the most boring fantasy player this year and Swift is exciting or whatever but I think it's like that range of guys if you could get him for a Gurley or maybe like a Kareem Hunt guys like that I think Swift has a higher ceiling than either of those guys those other guys might have a higher floor um, just because you don't know exactly how the it's hard to trust the Lions honestly and it's still hard yeah Lions fans gave know him. that well yeah and I mean he look he was one of eight running backs this last week to play 70% of their team snaps. So it's not like, you know, that volume is, is relatively rare that, that we saw this last week. If they keep giving him that, especially with how he was playing, 
he has really good upside. And the schedule down the stretch for the Lions is relatively light in terms of defenses. They're at Carolina. Their defense bad. At They're versus Houston, which is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They go to Chicago. That's a tough game. Green Bay, the defense there isn't great. Tennessee, the defense isn't good. And then the last game of the year, they play Tampa Bay. So that's not ideal, obviously. But um, I just think, man, he looked incredible. He looked so good. If they're finally going to use him like everyone's just wanting him to, then I think this is a really good opportunity. The other thing is you could maybe try and convince people that, that you're selling him high, that the that the Lions are unreliable, that they're going to go back, you know, whatever. Like if you're, try, if, if you're one of those people that tries to like butter people up when you're trading with them, that's another way. Look, look, I'm yeah, willing call to call me Orville Redenbacher. Right <laughs> look, I'm willing to buy high on Swift. I, I Would want you rather have high. Swift or Zeke Elliott the rest of the season? Swift. I feel pretty confident about that. Miles Sanders. I mean, that's to me, those are in the same sort of range. I probably lean Sanders a little bit and Mostert, but but Swift to me is like right there. Even most, even with the coming off IR, you'd rather have Mostert over Swift. I'd rather have Swift than Ceh. I don't know if that's like a bold statement at all, but I have a bold statement. He's not good enough to get the initial treatment. He needs the Clyde Edwards Lair. He doesn't deserve <laughs> the initial treatment till he's like really fucking good. Right. Okay. Just saying. Um, I agree with that. Like DK Metcalf. I don't know what the D and the K stand for. I never will because you it's know what? It's Kalen. <laughs> it's awesome. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well, I kind of wish I didn't know that, to be honest. That's cool. Seems <laughs> DeKalen. Yeah. I kind of oh, wish I just it's, knew it was DK. It's also. Fun fact, I'm pretty sure this is the fact. Uh, the reason you <laughs> don't the reason the reason you don't put a period after D and K in his initials is is because it's Decalin is one word, it's one name. Oh. Oh, so that actually go. that is a great explanation. Wow. And if you look at his name, the K the K in Decalin is actually already capitalized. The D and the K are capitalized in his name. Yeah. Do you know his middle name is Zacharius? His name is Decalin Zacharius Metcalf. What a name. What a king. He sounds like a superhero. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> Anyway, the point is we're not we're not abbreviating CEH anymore. It's Clyde. It's it's Clyde. DK. Yeah. Let's go the other way. You you selling high on anybody? Yeah. So sticking with the rookie running backs, and I love James Robinson. I think he's an awesome player, and he, and he's got a good future in this league, and he's clearly been really great this season. Wow, this is you know, a compliment nowhere. sandwich if I've ever heard one. But I've <laughs> <laughs> been <sucks>. said that. <laughs> no, um, but I was just gonna say like if you. If you look at the schedule for the Jaguars down the stretch, it is fucking brutal. Like the hardest schedule of any team in the NFL. Um, I'm just going to read it off to you. Th think about the defenses that they're about to play. Cl Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Cleveland is like, eh, whatever. Minnesota has been playing way better lately. Tennessee is like the only bad defense on this group. Baltimore, Chicago, and Indianapolis. So that's Pittsburgh, your championship weekend. Yeah. So Jeez. is this like... I love Robinson. I think he's great. Is this the guy that you really want to trust in the playoffs is my question, especially when you can get like a pretty damn good player for him right now. I think if people, especially if people are not paying at attention to like his playoff schedule or whatever. So to me, that is the only thing I would say is, is he's, he's the like perfect sell high candidate because he's still going to produce down the stretch, but I mean, he's got some really tough opponents down the stretch. And so Robinson's like the perfect example of people, someone that people don't want to trade away. Because yeah. you they found him, for, him free. for free. You got him for nothing. <laughs> you just picked him yeah. up. Top five running back in your lineup. That is the last player you're like, oh, I'm going to give away the top five running back I found. Like, Well, here's the key. You're not giving him away. You're getting a damn good player back for him. I think you could get a legit player for him. So, 
you know, like if you want to do the name game, jo- like would you trade Josh Jacobs? Maybe not. Like he's in the same range as like it's scoring right now. He's in the same range as Derrick Henry. I don't know if anyone would trade. The only argument against this that I'm going to ask you about is he's getting all of their carries to the yeah. point that it's not like what McCaffrey did last year, but in a way that's the closest analog because he has 155 attempts for the Jaguars this season. Do you know who's next? No, I'm not counting quarterbacks. Do you know what non-quarterback is next? 155 Chenault. for Robinson. I'm going to go Chenault. Yes. Do you know how many Chenault has for carries? Seven. 11. <laughs> Chris Thompson has seven. Like every other running back for the Jaguars combined has 18. He has 155. Like he yeah. is the backfield. I get you know, that. I mean, I get if, if he's going to turn into David Montgomery, I, I, it makes sense <laughs> it's a good to point. trade him now. I'm just playing the, other, the other thing that worries me, and I, I, I totally get that. And you know what? He's not like if you tra- if you don't trade him away, it's not like you're going to have a bad player on your team. I'm just saying, like it gets tough, and the and the Jaguars' offense is going to fucking struggle. It's going to be it's going to be okay. brutal. So that's the only thing I'm saying. The other thing is he's not that involved in the passing game. Like he has like four catches here. You know, and they're very, I guess he does he's have gluten free. He, he does have two receiving touchdowns on the year, but like generally speaking, he's not like a big part of their passing game. So, yeah, I don't know. First of all, we're not calling him Jake. We're not calling him Luton free anymore. Sal called him Vladimir Luton, and I like that a lot better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't love Vladimir Luton against the Steelers defense and the Ravens and the Colts. So I think that's a point, good point. If you do trade James Robinson, get somebody fucking good, though. Okay, so trade away James Robinson. Trade for Miles Sanders. Trade for Raheem Mostert. Trade for DeAndre Swift. Wide receiver time. DK, yeah. hit us with some wide receiver knowledge. All right, so this one's pretty obvious, but I I was just thinking uh, over the last few weeks, I've gotten a million trade offers for Devontae Adams. <laughs> Devontae Adams is like the guy everybody wants. And for fucking obvious reasons, he's like a stud. He's That's the hilarious. league winning. He's the league winning receiver. I've gotten so many offers. I'm like freaking beating people away with a stick. Like get away from me. I'm not giving him up. The other guy that I would, the only other guy that I probably put in that category is Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen is, this is clearly sort of like an obvious one, but he's like, a good buy high candidate that could like win you your league, especially if in your league he's stuck on some bad team, you know, and you could maybe like trade like two or three like role players for someone and like just needs to get more points every week or whatever. Um, just fill out their roster. So the other thing that to kind of consider here is he's coming off of relatively like weak game. He had three catches for 39 yards. He did score a touchdown, but you might have the chance to catch like fantasy managers sort of wavering on like how he's going to be down the stretch. Like Herbert didn't have that great of a game against the Dolphins. And and Allen to me is right in that same Devontae Adams um, slate. He has the second easiest slate of opposing defenses too from week six, from week 11 through week 16. So I'm excluding week 17. He's got the Jets, the Bills, the Bills whose defense has not been very good, the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Raiders on deck. So not only does he have Herbert, who's just been slinging other, pretty much every other game except for this last one, um, he's got like a really good slate of easy defenses going up against. And he has the most absurd target rate. You know, Herbert is locked in on him almost every game. So anyways, that's that's kind of like my pitch. I think he's the type of guy, he's like that Devontae Adams. Like if you want to go for the gusto, Keenan Allen is the guy. 
So how would you rate him? Like you think secretly in your head, you're like, oh, I'm going to, I know he's going to be a top 10 receiver, but I'm going to try to get him like he's a top 20 guy. I think he's going to be like a top two receiver. <laughs> really? Like, like, De- like Devontae like, and it's him gonna going to be Devontae and Keenan. So this yeah. is like Apple stock. Like it's at an all time high, but screw it. Like it's only going to go up. I won't give you a name game then because you just did it. Holy crap. So when you said that before, like Devontae Keenan, like you really think it's Devontae and Keenan the rest of the season? One, two. If I had to guess right now, I think I would, yeah. Okay, that's this a hell of a salty splatoon. That is a salty splatoon. That's really good. Is it? Belated. Is it? I feel like it's yeah, like it's... not that salty. I mean, he's like the way he's produced. No, I, it's, I, I like it. It's salty. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, I like Craig. Can you match that? No. Super Weedy Hut? Uh, I'm going with somebody who's been a little slow, uh, Devontae Parker on the Dolphins. Rest of season... No Preston Williams, most likely. They traded away Isaiah Ford. And I'm banking on, you know, Tua playing more games, getting a better feel for it, developing better chemistry with his best receiver, Devontae Parker. Parker's logged four straight games with single digits. Um, but last week, he, like, had a touchdown. He literally had a touchdown. They called that away. So that would have probably changed the perception of uh, his last few weeks. He's had, like, seven targets a game with Tua. And this is just like a bet on talent thing. I don't, his schedule is not particularly scary. They play Denver, the Jets, the Bengals, the Chiefs, Pats, Vegas, and then Buffalo. I appreciate you being impartial here, but you're kind of leaving out that you're obsessed with Devontae Parker. Like, <laughs> I'm like a professional on a personal level. Like, he's your favorite player. <laughs> I do think he's fantastic. He, I think he's in that, I would put him in uh, at the lunch table with Allen Robinson as like really underrated number one wide receivers. Can, do they wear, like, pink on Wednesdays? Can we sit with them? They're wearing not their quarterback's jersey yeah. on Wednesdays because they hate their quarterbacks. I saw this, actually, uh, on Sharp Football Stats. Craig, they have the easiest schedule of pass defenses from Week 11 through 16. So that's good for Tua. That's really good for Devontae. I like this one a lot. It, it, it's it's This one, to me, is a little bit bold in the sense that, like, like you said, he hasn't had, like, a lot of production over the last few weeks. This is, like, a true, like, I want to make a difference for my fantasy team here. I'm going to make a bit of a bold trade and, like, bet on regression and, like, development with Tua. What have you guys thought of Tua the last couple of games? I thought I mean, he's looked he's pretty been good. I thought he's looked pretty good, too. Unbelievable. Like, he's just, uh, first of all, he's I'm accurate, a sucker man. for the lefty rollouts. I am yeah. every time it. I feel like a goldfish. Every time it happens, I'm surprised. I don't care how many plays I've just seen. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, look at the angle! Like it came across to the defender at the like. It's just every time it's it's all. I feel like maybe that's how golden retrievers are, and they're just happy all the time. As a left-handed person, I feel a kinship anytime. Are you like left-handed? Cool, I am left-handed. I'm very that I'm very prejudiced so against much. left-handed people. Um, 
But yeah, I, I love watching lefties do stuff. It's it's great. Except we can't. <laughs> there are a few things we can't do. My brother we can't cut paper. We've discovered. I mean, he's a righty, but we realized that like when he turned like eighteen, that he's not a righty. Just raised as a righty, and every sport does wrong. His handwriting's wrong. Like he just should have been a lefty, and my parents never really wow. noticed. And that he's not good at certain things unless he does it with his left hand. <laughs> also, it's just like his birthday, the day this comes out. Happy birthday, Michael! But yeah, he, oh, yeah, he's been happy Simmons, birthday. Basically, I want to ask you, Craig. Are you one of those people that like? throws lefty writes lefty but then bats righty or kicks righty or whatever Yeah, that means that you were just raised wrong everything that i have to do with one hand <laughs> i use with my left however if i use two hands i do do it with my right but here's hmm. the thing do you do the things with your left or right that like some one hands for things you were taught and one hands for things that you did on your own you learned i do nothing with my right hand like like eat like i eat with my left hand i write i throw i shoot i you know are you goofy foot like on skateboarding or snowboarding do you do, do you do any of those Goofy foot? Which is goofy foot when your left foot's forward or your right? It's when your right foot is forward. No, I'm I'm normal then. I, the reason why I think I swing things with two hands righty is because you mimic your like your dad or your mom or whoever's teaching you a sport. And like I think it's like as your dad teaches you how to swing, like he swings righty with you, and you're like right. he's not gonna like teach you how to swing backwards if he's righty. <laughs> the, so I think that's why I, I hold things right-handed, but I do everything naturally left-handed. Okay, well hopefully you can hold on to Devontae Parker. This is definitely right. going off the rails, but the the to get it all the way back, Tua is actually right-handed. His dad just what? forced him. He, his He's dad Rafael Nadal. His dad forced him to throw lefty when he was a kid. I think wow, I knew I that. I just forgot about it. Like I, you know, Rafael yeah. Nadal is like that. He's just a righty. Well, yeah. Like yeah, just be the best tennis player and left. It's fine. That's crazy. So yeah. Tua's looked really good. To recap this, like, way too long conversation. <laughs> yes. Tua's yes. looked really good. I like Devontae Parker a lot as a buy low because he fits every candidate of it. Like, the people who have him are frustrated. I, I mean, just, he should have connected to it by now. He hasn't, but there's not really a reason for it. I like that one a lot. Can I throw out two receiver ones at you that they're kind of half-baked thoughts and I want to talk them out with you guys? Mm. Sure. Darius Slayton and Amari Cooper as trade targets. And they're both extremely flawed. Amari Cooper, basically, <laughs> my thinking is it depends on, like, the person who has him. But I feel like there's a chance that they've reached maximum frustration with this person they drafted very high. And that if they're frustrated, I'm kind of wondering about he's just going to get so many targets. And I have a little hope for the Cowboys to get a little better over the rest of the season. I also feel like I'm crazy to be suggesting, like, you should go get someone who's going to be catching passes from Andy Dalton and or Garrett Gilbert the rest of the season. And the other person is just Darius Slayton, where it's like the Giants' schedule is like so easy for the rest of the season. And Slayton should have so many touchdowns that haven't materialized yet, and I feel like they're going to come in bunches over, over November and December. But am I crazy? You know what's funny about Amari Cooper? So I was going through, like, just looking around at players for potential, like, trade deadline targets and stuff. I looked at Amari Cooper's, like, fantasy stat line. Since Dak got hurt, He's only had one game under double digits. Then that kind of like he's been very steady. Like if this is his floor, I'm actually kind of bullish on it because it's like, I mean, that's a pretty high floor considering all the Michigas they've had to go through. He's had 17, 12, 1, and 10. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm kind of intrigued about it. So anyway, it obviously that it depends on how frustrated the person who has it, it, you know, is feeling with him. You're trying to get someone who's kind of, you know, wants this to This is get like him, a true like I don't know if it's Galaxy Brain, but this is like a real contrarian idea, and I like it. I like the Slayton one, too, Danny. Um, how, how are we feeling? What's the temperature on the Giants? They're going to make the playoffs, aren't they? I think the Giants are the best team in the <laughs> NFC East. And I, no, 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 yeah, all seriousness. I, I actually think, 
obviously like the odds of it are not more likely than not because there's fucking four teams still in the race. But I do think that if you made me answer right now, I think the Giants host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and host Tom Brady in a playoff game. Like I actually think they win the division because you, has an Owen five team ever made the playoffs before? Oh, I bet almost. I bet no way. No way, right? I mean, but I think I think the Giants <laughs> no, could win the I division at seven and uh, seven and nine. I think there's a chance, and the most fun version would be that they host a playoff game at six and ten. Oh my god, but that's kind of my dream, and to beat Tom Brady as a six and ten Giants team, that would be my Super Bowl. But <laughs> this, I think that so they are the they best coach team this week. They're the best coach team in the division, and there's not really a question about it in my mind. Like they're playing hard, and the thing with Slayton is that he's really good. He, and Jason Garrett, the sneaky story of the season is that Jason Garrett is doing a great job over the last month with the Giants, like scheming players open. Danny Jones not always seeing people, but I'm kind of into Darius Slayton over the last month because I think that there's a you know he he's basically had a couple twenty point games that haven't really materialized, but they're waiting. In the Dude, wind. you remember when you remember last year? I think it's been lost a little bit in the ether because Daniel Jones has fallen off a cliff this year. But there was a few games last year where people were like, "Is this guy the next fucking Tom Brady?" Like he he had like five touchdown game late in the year. I think he had a four touchdown game uh, in another game and just went freaking like nuclear on people. Is there a chance you could see them do that this year? Like they got Cincinnati, after they have the bye this week, then they get Cincinnati and Seattle and Arizona. Like that three week stretch, that three week stretch alone might be worth trading for Darius Slayton. On that note, wow. I, I also want to talk about tight ends because I want I I think on the note Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram for the same reason because the tight end position is obviously a wasteland. And basically, if you have Travis Kelsey, congratulations, you probably are just as annoyed about the people who want to trade for him. Like DK's about Devonta Adams, or like everyone go away. I'm not trading. <laughs> You're going to get Kelsey. twelve offers for Kelsey. Just, no yeah. way. But if you don't have Travis Kelsey, which is most people. I think that we sh you should try to capitalize on the conversation we had earlier this week about how the position's a wasteland, everyone's the same, like Hawkinson and Fant and, and Engram and, and all of them had like combined nine points, and it seems like they're all the same, but they're not, because you want the guys who are actually part of their offenses going forward, and you I, I think it's worth capitalizing on Engram and Fant, basically because if you look at just tight end targets over the last month, Evan Engram has the most. Over the last four weeks, like more than Travis He's looked Kelsey. pretty good. He's looked good. Most importantly, the Giants are trying to get the ball in his hands. Like the Giants mm. are really trying to give him the ball. Slayton and him are clearly like the, the straws that are stirring the drink of this offense. And it's just going to hit eventually. Like he's coming off a game that had two catches for 15 yards. So I don't think you're going to have to pay through the nose to get him. But he leads the, tight end, the position in targets. And we're talking about how, how hard it is to get tight ends who have targets. I don't think you have to get it, pay a ton to get Evan Ingram. And I feel the same way about Noah Fant. It's talent, and I would just bet on someone who's probably sick of him. It's like if there's another team, they must have a backup tight end on the roster because the fans been hurt so much. Yeah. And if you have, you can get fan, and they're like, they're probably in their mind, they're already thinking, do I play fan? Do I not? I don't know. And if you come around and offer him like a good backup receiver or whatever, someone might take it for someone who's like, I'm not going to play this guy anyway. But realistically, Fant and Ingram are going to give you a better odds going forward of hitting than like the random tight end lottery you're playing each week on, on streamers, which. You know, it's freaking random. So I'd rather do the randomness with the guys getting targets. So I think Fant, Ingram, and even Hawkinson, if you have to play, you know, I think all those guys I would go target. I feel like, so tight ends is always a little bit hot and cold in terms of what what they're doing, but I don't even, real. I don't even think I realize that how much they're targeting Evan Ingram. He's had games this year. He's had one game with eight targets. He's had one game with nine targets and three games with 10 targets this year. Yeah. I, it's not converting yet, but this offense is, is I really think the giants are about to start clicking. And I'm, I think there's yeah. a 50% chance that Craig cuts that 
phrase and just drops it in episodes and like the next month as the Giants flail and drown and they're awful <laughs> and he's just like I really think the Giants are going to click over the next month but I kind of do like I think that at some point over the next three weeks you're going to have a conversation with someone where it's like Jason Garrett's good so we'll see maybe this I'm is crazy it. and I love it and I'm I, convinced and I'm now thinking like gosh should I try and you, trade man, for like sleep or something Joe Judge baby now is the time they got a bye week D- yeah, yeah do like, it before but do it before it's cool okay any other things we want to hit here? Uh, I could not think of a tight end that you want to trade for, so I'm just going to co- <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to co-opt yours. Perfect. I literally okay. looked at this for like 15 minutes. I was like, I don't know if there's anybody I'd there's recommend. No, ah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I also wanted to ask. We got a great email. Uh, again, you can email us whatever you're thinking. Ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We got an awesome email from Gordon that I actually want to talk out with you guys. This is from Gordon. Here's a question for the pod. Which current player's overall reputation is most distorted by their fantasy value? In other words, which players have the biggest gaps between their real life value and their fantasy value? This came to mind because of the way you guys have been talking about Drew Brees the last few weeks. Uh, He's like, fantasy-wise, he's clearly not very exciting anymore. I mean, this is before he got hurt, so it's kind of moot. But he's pointing out, you know, Jameis had this title probably last year, and then Blake Bortles around 2015, who was good in fantasy all from real life. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? This is, this is funny. yeah. This is the Blake Bortles Memorial Award because Bortles <laughs> was terrible at football and pretty decent in the fantasy world. So, I guess let's let's start with the guys that are better in fantasy than they are in the real in real life at, at real life football. Who who's the first person that comes to your mind? I have a hot take. This could get me like excommunicated from the ringer. Kyler Murray. That's I mean, interesting. I, I'm just, I, I mean, it's like I know he just threw a freaking hail mary, so it's like bad well, timing. Well, it's, it's but... only because I mean he's the number one quarterback in fantasy, and he's not. He's not even close. Like, my my issue is that he's an MVP can't. He's not. I have to like this is where I have to burst the bubble. The rushing's been very good. Obviously, he has many touchdowns, and part of this is a dumb argument. But no, nah, you're wrong though. He is. What? He's a he's an MVP candidate. I guess he's like first. Four. He's, he's fourth. The Cardinals are first place Mary, in the this, NFC like, West. Takes all this, the wind out of my sails here. But realistically, he's not that been that great of a passer this year, and the rushing has completely made up for it. But I think the rushing is distorted in fantasy because the stupid, speaking of dumb fantasy rules, you know what's even dumber than PPR? Passing touchdowns aren't worth six points, which is insane. We don't have to get into that here. But he's has 12, what is 10 touchdowns this season rushing? That's distorting the thing with like why he's yeah. worth so much in fantasy football. He is a top five NFL quarterback. I, I think it's fringe, to be honest, although I could get burned for that. I'm fine but he's with not that. I don't think anyone, one. I thought you were going to say he was like, 12. Honestly, I'm probably would don't even believe he's top five. He's probably top seven in my mind. If I actually range people, this is actually something I was talking to uh, Riley McAtee and, and Ben Glicksman, two ringer editors. And Ben is a huge Tua fan. So we were talking about Tua and Riley was throwing a little bit of cold water on Tua's performance over the last few games, which I think is fair. You know, he's, he's looked intriguing, but not like, you know, it's not like he came out guns blazing and looked like the best quarterback ever. And we were talking about Tua and we were talking about Burrow and, you know, and Herbert and like, who's the best rookie quarterback so far, blah, blah, blah. Kyler Murray is actually has a worse passing grade in PFF than Joe Burrow. He is slightly ahead of Justin Herbert and he's well ahead of Tua. So I don't know. I guess my point is like Kyler, his passing grade from PFF, and that's not obviously the end all be all, but I do think it's like a pretty solid representation of like how they've done as a passer is league average. Can I make an argument that's going to make me sound dumb, but I believe it. And I actually think I'm right, even though it sounds stupid. 
I don't think Kyler's great yes. at comebacks. And I know that's a really stupid thing to say after he just threw a fucking Hail right Mary now. touchdown. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you actually watch the drive and keep in mind that Hail Marys don't happen like 96% of the time, he didn't handle the drive well. Like, I know that's an insane criticism to have, but I don't know. I, anyway, the point is, <laughs> I, the, he wasted all the time. In the, like, he got lucky, uh, and it was great, but it's a better play from DeAndre Hopkins to be. He's great, but I actually don't think, I think that the cool highlights he's made actually paper over the play-to-play performance he's had and I will for a that. long time. That's all I'm trying to say in terms of, better in real life or, fan, or fantasy in real life. This is exactly what Russell Wilson faced for like the first three or four years of his career. He's a he's a sandlot player. You can't play in structure. You can't play from the pocket, all that stuff. That is probably true with Kyler. Uh, and I think over his career, he's obviously going to have to lean less on his explosive running ability because he gets slower as you get closer to 30. But... Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I don't even think that's like a hot take. He he hasn't been the best, most accurate, crisp passer in the NFL. His overall performance, though, I think is pretty goddamn good. Yeah, no, I, I'm not I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's not the best or <laughs> close to it. I think not even close. Okay, that's fair. Who, I'm gonna I want to say I want to say Zeke. You're yeah. saying he's better in fantasy than in real life. Yeah, and at this point, it's yeah. maybe like not even a good argument because he's not even good in fantasy right now either. But um, I would just say like as for the whole season, I guess, to look at it. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to lump James Conner in here with Zeke too. The eye test for me on both Zeke and Conner is that they look like they're running in mud. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. <laughs> if you look at some of the explosive plays that like Dalvin Cook makes, he's just moving at a different speed than everybody else on the yeah. field. And then when you watch James Conner or Zeke run, it's like, dude, these guys look slow. We should do a segment where we talk about like the backups that look incredible because oh my God. there are players in the league that look like Dalvin that are back. Tony, you know Pollard. what I mean? Where they're just like touching the ball exactly. The Lombardi yeah. thing. Lombardi used to say like, I love like, the saying. By the way, we're a couple injuries from a really good team, and like we don't want anyone <laughs> to get hurt. But once you sign a contract, it's like the guy plays and to- like Cal- I don't yeah. think you could find twenty or thirty percent of Cowboys fans who would not admit that Tony Pollard looked better than Zeke this year. Like just right. bar none. It's not even close. The it, it's. I mean, honestly, Zeke. One of the PFF guys was asked if Zeke was the most overrated player in North American sports, and I thought that whoa, that was a. It's a hot take, but I can't immediately think of someone else. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents pondering the bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Can I toss somebody else out who's been running in mud? Todd Gurley just like... He can't I turn. Mean, the guy's... He's hit... <laughs> Look, it's, he's like a container ship. It's like freaking Zoolander, except for he can't turn either way. He's like a battleship. Oh. Shout out to Eric yeah, Flowers. God. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, the guy has had a remarkable stretch here of being bailed out by TDs for like 20 straight games. <laughs> um, but he just more. It's been like legitimately two seasons of him being bailed out by touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I, aren't you the guy who's like, stop judging people for scoring touchdowns? Isn't that your whole? Like, yeah, I am. You know, but I'm just talking about I'm saying in fantasy, like I think true. he's a good fantasy no, player. Right. But when you watch him, it's like good. God. Although sometimes he scores touchdowns and gets in <laughs> good trouble. God. Is there a better example of better in fantasy than real life than scoring a touchdown and your team losing the game like you did against the Lions? Isn't that the <laughs> ultimate example of what we're talking about? This is an interesting discussion because, like, I don't think that speed and explosion are the most important things for some for a lot of NFL players. But there's, like, a level 
that you have to have yes. before you get bad. And I feel like guys like Gurley, I don't think Zeke is quite there, but like Gurley and Connor to me, like when I watch them, I'm like, they're so close to being like yeah, literally, I'm thinking- literally too slow. They're good players. They're good football players. But they're like almost getting too slow no, at this point. You're dead Mud right. runners. The most interesting thing I've learned about the draft is that the top end numbers don't matter. It's the combine's not to find the top end numbers. It's to weed out the that's bottom. It's to make sure you're tall true. enough to ride the ride in terms yeah. of your arm strength, your speed. It's like, are you? Do you meet the Benchmarks. bare minimums and physical attributes to be an NFL player? That's what right. It's like I don't for. care who can bench the most. That doesn't mean yeah. Can you bench something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's flip this around. Who's better in real life than fantasy football? I had this. Okay, I could probably go on for like two hours about this. So I'm going to just throw <laughs> a couple guys. I think no, because I think this is a great. Question really and question. it's a fun question. Shout out Gordon. The first Great guy email. that came to my mind is Philip Lindsay. Every time that guy touches oh, yeah. the ball, every time he touches the ball, I'm like, this guy's good. He's like really Dude, good. Yes. He's also the inverse of James Conner because they're both the hometown guys from the area who went to college in the area and like the hometown hero. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, to be clear, Lindsay has two thousand yard seasons on his resume. So it's not like he's just some rando schmo guy, but like the, the Broncos just don't seem to like him for whatever reason. They've been trying to move on from him. They obviously signed Melvin Gordon this year. Lindsay is seventh in the NFL among, among running backs with 50 attempts this year. He's seventh in yards after carry per uh, yards after contact per attempt. When I watch him just for the eye test, he looks explosive. He looks decisive. Yeah. He gets downhill. He has breakaway speed. He can hit the home run. Well, maybe not, not like, maybe not the home run, but he has speed to get into the, like, he can hit doubles field. in the gap. Get, yeah, exactly. That's a great way of putting <laughs> a lot it. Of doubles. Um, and I don't know, man, he's just one of those players where like, if he ends up with a different team after his Broncos tenure, um, I could see him have a, a big renaissance because I just think he's good. Learn to catch and he's a third round pick. Yeah, like, please yeah. just do it, dude. <laughs> he um, just, dude, he just runs hard, man. He tries to run people over. He's 190 pounds, but he runs like he's 230. Yeah, you know what? That's actually how I'd explain it. He's in that group of guys where it's like, oh, he's actually giving a shit like 100% of his effort on every play. Yeah. Which is actually rarer than you think. I feel like he's just getting wasted on the on the Broncos offense at this point. But um, okay, anyone I wanna, else? I want to throw one out, one other guy out. Actually, two guys. Michael Gallup. I think that one's one we've talked about a lot. hundred percent, Gallup. Yeah, God damn, um, that one's so pretty annoying. easy. He's a really talented player. Ugh. He can he can win on the outside. It's just this offense is number one. When when they had Dak in there, it was like too many cooks in the kitchen, too many guys. Right. Like if you traded Gallup for Deontay Johnson, Gallup would be having a fantastic year. Yeah. And number two, like now the offense is just like broken. And he's not the guy that's getting all these easy things in the middle of the field. That's just not like his his role. But he's so good on the outside. Um, the other one that I'm gonna throw out that I think you guys would probably scoff at a little bit is I think Clyde Edwards Alaire has been really good this year. He's just not been that great in fantasy. I think he's been a good player for them. You're right. I don't agree with you. I think he looks fine. <laughs> he's fine. I think I honestly think if his name was less cool, he wouldn't be that big of a deal. He's sixth in broken tackles on rushes. He's sixth in broken tackles on receptions. He's a good receiver. He never fumbles. Maybe one. Uh, maybe he does have one fumble this year, but he's like really reliable. <laughs> He's really shifty. Even just your argument has less zeal than it the Philip Lindsay one. Like you don't even sound as excited about this. He's played fewer. He's played far fewer games. I'll put it that way. But I, just I think don't. he's good. I, Clyde, I, I think Clyde's he's good. Properly rated. He's like a good running back. He's a good fantasy running back. He's a little disappointing on the field and in fantasy. People are acting like he's a bust. I disagree with that. So I have. I, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. You know who's like better in real life than fantasy football? Patrick fucking Mahomes. <laughs> this is dumb. He's, he's, what are you talking about? He's great in fantasy football. He's 
he is he's averaging more points in fantasy than he did his like MVP year. I know, but his gap. I, I get what you're saying is like a he's that good he's at football, got, like, but like he's, he's 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 like heads and shoulders above everyone right now. The only person touching him in real life was Russ, and Russ has collapsed in the last few weeks. Like Pat God Mahomes is the other person I wanted to shout out is I, I just want the wide receivers who block category. Who like, like oh, yeah. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in LA? There's a special kind of receiver yeah. who doesn't need the ball, who can like exist in an ecosystem where it's like, you know, a lot of teams say we're you know we're gonna go with the open option. The reality is there are politics to like who quarterbacks have to throw to. There are people you have to give the ball every few drives to engage them. Like like there's just a reality to this. It is a special kind of like group who can like actually not get the ball for a month and not care. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are like that. They block downfield for their other guys in a way that others don't. And in the same mold, Corey Davis in Tennessee is a guy who's a willing blocker. I mean, he had a crazy story last week where his brother died from cancer on Wednesday before Thursday Night Football. Mm. Um, he had a good game, but he's just he's just a hardworking guy, like fifth pick who's like a bust in like the traditional sense, but he just does like all the cliche blue-collar work. He blocks, he doesn't care if A.J. Brown overshadows him. Like He's just like a hardworking guy, and like none of that translates to fantasy, but <laughs> someone you want on your team. Like He just has the right attitude about the game. I like that, yeah. I agree. Honestly, the leader of this category is Allen Robinson. This isn't even close. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Allen Robinson is so unbelievably good. And, and I think people, like the announcers even notice it. Like, man, Allen Robinson, I, you got this amazing talent in your team. It's a shame they can't get him the ball. <laughs> Speaking of this, <laughs> the freaking like, Monday night the game. End zone. The, the Bears' Monday night performance was a new low in football. Pitiful. In Dude, football. That was. Oh, Bill Lazor's calling the plays. Doesn't matter. That Dude, was I never realized the most that depressed that I've ever been. So here's a fun fact. So the Bears basically invented the quarterback position. Like in 1940, like December <laughs> 1940, like they basically did the T format. Like they invented the quarterback position with like these Sid Luckman. And they haven't found one since. Like they just haven't oh, had one in the, in the, the 80 years ago, they invented the quarterback and they've had the same team for the last 80 years. It's defense. Special teams have to score for their awful offense. It's the same freaking thing. It's Groundhog Day. Do you guys think there's ever been a bigger gap between, and I bet you it'll be even bigger by the time the season ends, between somebody with a certain amount of targets and where they are in point scoring? Allen Robinson is second in the NFL in targets, and he's the wide receiver 21. See, that's so annoying because we ranked him really high for the Ringer Fantasy Draft Guide. And we like we got we nailed the prediction of like he's gonna he might lead the league in targets. Yeah. And it's I mean, honestly, we I think we just didn't think Foles could be this bad. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. I think I'm ready for Trubisky again. I am. I am. I, I, I know that Foles got hurt. He crazy. sounds like, look, I, I would tiptoe around this if Foles had gotten seriously hurt, but he did not get seriously hurt. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed. We're not going to go back to, to Trubisky because Trubisky. I just wanted to see something. It's some spark in this offense. Well, it's the Bears just, season is not over yet. Like they're five and five, the funny thing five and two. Foles is the perfect person to like sneak in at like nine and, and six. Or sorry, ten and six. I can't do math. But this, the Bears sneak in, and then Foles just starts <laughs> fucking being Nick Foles again, and they win. And like he has to be this bad to lull us into forgetting that this is like the coldest like blooded killer. It would be awesome if Nick Foles was like actually good at the playoffs again, and they snuck in. But it probably won't happen. So yeah, I like Allen for this. All right, so this is that's a good list actually. Allen Robinson is a good better in real life than fantasy. I could make a list of like fifty of these guys. So. Yeah, that was I, just this is, that's a good question. Yeah. I also want to quickly shout out that Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, and Travis Kelsey are exactly properly equally rated in fantasy in real life. They're exactly yeah, as good yeah. as their fantasy performance in, in real game. Okay. Bad beat time? Yeah. 
All right. Thank you to everyone for e- who emailed us. Ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Emails bad beats. Fantasy court for Friday. And then also just random questions like Gordon's. We like we like that one a lot. Obviously, lots of people had the Nick Chubb thing where he ran out of bounds. A lot of people mm-hmm. had the Hopkins lost game. Ringer Stafford Noah Malale had the Nick Chubb thing. That's absolutely hilarious. But a couple people had both. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to shout these Sucks. people out. Someone named Josh added us Josh. on Twitter. Uh, just <laughs> he just he had a screenshot lost by four points. <laughs> and the losing side had Chubb, and the winning side had DeAndre Hopkins, which is hilarious. And then also we got an email from Austin that I'm going to read. Fellas, huge fan of the show. Love listening every week. Thank you, Austin. My day started by checking the fantasy football app to see that Rojo had fumbled on the opening drive for the Bucks. Right then and there, I thought Rojo would be benched by Bruce Arians, and my chances of beating a team with Tom Brady, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs was toast. I threw my phone on the counter and locked in to watch the final round of the Masters. Later, a buddy of mine pulls up the video on Twitter of Nick Chubb running out of bounds at the one-yard line, and knowing that I am playing against Nick Chubb, I open my fantasy app for the first time since Rojo's fumble to find. I am in a shootout after Rojo's 98-yard touchdown and huge game. Brady goes nuclear, but I laugh and, and say, watch, I'm going to win because of this Nick Chubb touchdown or non-touchdown. My team holds their own as the day goes on, but our matchup comes down to Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins being the final players to play. My opponent's team wow. takes the lead with the late Diggs touchdown. Oh, no. It feels like a <laughs> dagger. A minute later, Hopkins makes that insane catch to win the game. My team goes up by 5.8 based on the yardage of the pass, point for the reception and the touchdown. Had Chubb not walked out of bounds and scored the touchdown, I would have lost by 0.2 points. Instead, I escape with the win. And to make matters worse, my opponent's team beats any of the other 10 teams of the league by more than 30 points had he not played me. Wow. Thank you, Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, wow. I thought that was a really good encapsulation of all the bad We're getting into the most frustrating time in fantasy. This is where it's really stressful and every week matters and there's like a million teams that are five and five. It's just brutal. How do you guys keep yourselves from getting too bummed out about bad beats? Oh, I look at the world and realize, like, oh, it could be way worse. (laughs) I have it pretty good. Like, I read the news. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. You know what I actually do is I I passively, I'm I'm very passive aggressive. And I, like, text my friends that, like, my team sucks and I'm not going to win. And then they're like, stop, dude, your team is so pretty good. I do that all the time. I'm like, looks like you're going to beat me this week because, like, all my teams fucking hurt and they're all playing like shit now. And they're like, dude, stop. You still have one of the best teams. This is what Bill does with the Patriots. You do that with your fantasy team? Absolutely. (laughs) That's hilarious. No, I I, I just go, I go full nihilism too. I'm just Yeah, you do. You really just, when the going gets rough, you're like, we all die anyway. He hops in the car and just speeds to Arby's. Yeah. I like to detach from not only reality, but just humanity and anything in general. Like, none of this matters. You go walk into the woods. Nihilist DK. It's like he's like the nicest guy, and then it's just every now and then he's like, oh, fine. But then while he's in the woods, his dust. phone pings, and he looks at it, and it no. says like, Amari Cooper scored a touchdown, and you're like, oh, and then you like run back all happy. You're like, I'm going <laughs> to oh win now. God. Oh, oh my God. Maybe we shouldn't tether our, our self-esteem to this ridiculous game we play. Probably not. That's why it's helpful to have like 14 teams. <laughs> no, I disagree no, because you're rooting against you're gonna feel it's like the worst feeling. You feel less though. I you get feel you it's 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 complex. Maybe that's just part of growing older, DK. You're it's better death at death by a thousand cuts, kind of. I legitimately can't watch a game without being like, okay, so he scored. That's good for my team, but also bad for the other team that's playing that guy. So like who cares? It just none of this matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's terrible. You should try doing a year with like one or two leaks. 
Oh, I've done that. I've done that many times. It's just more depressing to me if your one team is terrible, like, and you can't do anything about it. All right, that's all we got for you today. Thank you, DK. <laughs> Thank you, Nihilist Arby's. Lorne. Thank you, Lorne. Thank you, Black Keys. Oh, my God. We'll see you guys on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>